0: Hey there, everybody. This is Pastor Terry. Welcome back to Grace for Your Journey. So glad that you're with us. If you're new, welcome on in. We're in 1 Kings 20, and I'm telling you, things get crazy. How many of you know this? When you don't walk with the Lord, when you surround yourself, your closest innermost circle, I'm not talking about second-tier advisor kind of people that you listen to every now and then, but in your innermost circle, if if in that innermost circle you have people not walking with the Lord, how is that going to impact you? Well, I will tell you, Ahab, King Ahab, is absolutely a study in that. Just to remind you of what's going on, in the first part of chapter 20, a guy named Benadad, the king of Syria, begins to wage a war, wants to wage a war against Ahab. So, he sends these emissaries to him and said, hey, um, I won't go to war with you if you'll meet these conditions. So, Ahab says, yes, I'll meet these conditions. And so, he came back a little bit later and he up the ante, Right. When you get in negotiations with someone who has no scruples and is a tyrant, you never win. You never win that. So he came back. He said, well, you know, I don't only want this stuff. Now I want your wife and your kids. <laughs> and that's basically what he said. And, and, and Ahab's ready to capitulate. But some advisors came in, uh, the second tier advisors, because his closest advisors had drug him away from the Lord. His closest advisor was his wife had drug him away from the Lord. He couldn't hear the voice of God clearly. He didn't understand the word of God directly. And when that happens, listen, your spiritual courage fails. Every time your spiritual courage is going to fail. So he had an opportunity to stand. He wasn't going to stand. So these second tier advisors came in. By God's grace, they had a little courage. And they said, Ahab, you can't give in to this. You cannot do it. You have to stand strong. So Ahab sent word back to Benadad. The Syrian king said, "Yeah, yeah, you know, I was going to give you the stuff. I'm not going to give you the people, and so I'm going to have to stand against you at this point." So Benadad gets that word, and he begins to plan and plot to go to war. So he gets all the people on his team together, and they head to this area, this plain area, a huge open area where they begin to amass and assemble their armies. But then something crazy happens. Check out verse 13. And behold, a prophet came near to Ahab the king of Israel. And said, Thus the Lord has said to you, I have seen this great multitude, but behold, today I'm going to give them into your hand. So Ahab is is on one end, and the Lord comes and said, Look, you're going to win. You gotta have some courage. You gotta get some backbone. You gotta sort of, you know, stand up. But in verse sixteen, we look over at Benadad and see what he's doing. Ready for this? So they went out at noon while Benadad was drinking, himself drunk in the booths or the shelters with his 32 other kings, that means leaders of those armies that had assembled with him. So it's the middle of the day. They're getting ready to go to war and they're all getting drunk. (laughs) Now, the Lord says to Ahab, get some courage because obviously God knows things we don't. He knew Benedad wasn't going to be in condition to fight. You can't fight when you're all liquored up. I mean, you might think you can, but you certainly can't lead. I mean, there's no way. So what happens? So they go to war, and Ahab, king of Israel, sure enough, as God promised, beat Benadad. Now, Benadad escaped, and he went away, but he wasn't done. He got together with those kings and leaders and said, we're not done. We're going back. So he gets everybody together. He goes back to fight a second time. But I want you to look at what happens the second time. Check this out. Now, they encamped to the opposite side of them for seven days. Then on the seventh day, um, the battle was joined. In other words, Israel and um, Syria engaged in a battle. Israel came down from the mountains and struck down, right? And and the Syrians lost 100,000 foot soldiers in one day. 100,000 people in one day. Then the rest fled to the city called Aphek. And then the wall fell upon 27,000 men who were still left, So, Benadad was utterly defeated, though Ahab had no courage. Now, so here's what happens. Benadad then goes to Ahab, sends an emissary to Ahab and says, look, please give me mercy. Let me live. I'm sorry. You know, please forgive me. I repent. Please let me in." So, Ahab, lacking wisdom, lacking the word of God, lacking the principles of God, because here's the principle. When someone has repeatedly shown you that they're your enemy. You can't be their friend, not until they change. And there has to be evidence, fruit of their repentance, not just words, there has to be fruit of repentance. So he got words, but he didn't get a lot of long-term fruit. He didn't he didn't have any time to evaluate if Benedict had really had a change of heart or mind. He didn't, so he gave him mercy. So he's riding his chariot a few days later and there's a man laying on the side of the road. He's beat up, bandaged up. Man, he looks in really rough shape. So the king stops. And so the, the guy who's there tells the story about how the Syrian soldiers had beat him up and how they left him there to die and how they abused him. And, and while he was telling the story, the king was being moved, right? For, sorry for the guy. So then the guy jumped up, took off the bandages, took off his—he had an eye patch—took off the eye patch— and Ahab recognized him. He was a prophet. Now listen to what he said. And Benadad said to him, um, oh, in verse 42 he said this, I'm sorry, in verse 42 he said this, and then the prophet said to him, thus says the Lord, because you have let go out of your hand the man who is Benadad, whom I had devoted to destruction, therefore your life shall be for his and your people shall be for his. And then the king of Israel Ahab, went to his house, vexed and sullen, and came to Samaria. What's the moral of this part of the story? Walk close with the Lord. Know his word. Have spiritual courage. Ask the Lord for wisdom and understanding to lead his people. Just prior to this, right, in our our episodes, if you go back to the first couple of episodes, you're going to come across a guy named Solomon and King Solomon didn't have any of these type of things happen to him. Why? Because when given the opportunity to pray, he prayed for wisdom and understanding to lead the people of God. If you're in leadership today, pray for that more than anything. You know what will happen? You'll find unbelievable grace for your journey, to be sure. Well, Father, we love you. Thank you for today. Now, Lord, be with us as we live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, God's blessings on you. Love you so much. And we'll talk again next time. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.